This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Thursday, February 25th, 2021. And my guest is the awesome TK Bay. Hi, TK. Glad to have you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for the amazing introduction. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. It's really good to see you. I want to touch on something that was kind of happening when we were doing last week's show. Mm -hmm. And as a science nerd, and I know you're a science nerd, it's super exciting is the Perseverance rover, the incredible landing on Mars. And absolutely like, wow, like how, like as an engineer, I have a hard time wrapping my head around all the moving parts for that one. Isn't it cool? Just a different, yeah. I mean, if you think about the fact that, you know, all of it is automated, it's, it's, uh, you know, descent to separation to pair, you know, to uh, heat shield separation. There's a lot of things that were posted online after it, obviously we now get to see all the footage and all of that happened automatically and you know me and even though that this is technically the second time they've done it um the fact that it landed perfectly sent pictures back and you know the whole experience is crazy and we were sitting at home you know we we're able to basically you know watch the live feeds online with the different uh, you know youtube and so on so very very excited it's definitely a um an amazing also uh first part of a, an interesting mission too because uh, this is different than the last time we're not just trying to get a, a rover there we're uh, also trying to bring some stuff back yeah it's crazy i i actually think that to me, what was most exciting, I want to give a hat tip to Qualcomm yeah, for yeah. the Snapdragon 801 aboard the little helicopter. <laughs> um, because I know hard, you know, we're having worked in medical imaging where, you know, we have to deal with FDA and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So like it takes a long time between you creating a product and it be, being out there. And by the time it's out there, you know, you're kind of dealing a, a lot with quote unquote obsolete technology in terms of consumers' eyes. And with space is even crazier right like yep. you have to run hardened ships that resist like the solar flares and the radiation and and to me the fact that we have a chip out there that's what eight years old ten years old something <laughs> like that you know it's still in a pretty damn powerful it's probably one of the most powerful chips in space right now it is yeah. and that they managed to harden a, a snapdragon 801 is pretty dope right i, I the the fact that we're, we're able to see mobile tech going that far like the fact is you know where else can we put in more mobile tech like that and um the one thing i would probably say is a long time ago i got a chance to go to the to the jpl lab i don't know if you guys know i live roughly close within about 30 40 minutes away from where jpl is in pasadena and in their avant camera auditorium they have like an, a museum of sorts um, they actually had some of the original tech that contributed to the f- original StarTac flip phone that a lot of us enjoyed. So, you know, mobile tech and JPL and, you know, now we have it in space. Uh, it's amazing. I love I love the fact that they're always involved in technology and advancing it, you know, not just for the private sector, but also to the public sector. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, with all the sci-fi we've watched in our lives, you know, how communication is relatively easy and ubiquitous amongst the stars. Exactly. Like you come down to the reality that we are at today where, you know, a few hundred kilobits per second is incredibly fast if you get to that level and you have to time it perfectly right because you're not in line of sight for the the transmission to happen when the rover is on the other side uh, when mars is not facing the earth with that side of mars and it's like really amazing to me that you know we take all this stuff for granted here 
in our weird sci-fi dreams yet you know here we are right with the best technology we can muster exactly. we're, we're getting a trickle of data where we have to wait days for a video to get created from reconstructed images captured during the landing i, I just think it's fascinating and you know, those of you who are listening going like, what has to do with mobile? Well, everything, because this technology is being pioneered today. Eventually, I mean, space tech is eventually going to make it in our hands oh, yeah. as consumers and somewhere or another. Lasers came from the space exploration. You know, computer chips came from that in the 60s. And, you know, we've... The internet, the whole internet came in. From... I mean, exactly, right? Like the internet, DARPA, yeah, totally. Exactly. So I think people who are listening to the show are pretty tech savvy. And they are probably aware, but they might not be 100% aware how much of what we have today in mobile comes from essentially the space race yep. that we had in the 60s is a direct result of it. Absolutely. And and the fact that we're, even though there's a delay, obviously, now that with the communication with uh, the, the rover and they're having to use relays and so on, the fact that the matter is it can happen that you can communicate with an, with another planet with a rover that's on another planet as you said uh, you know compose uh, videos images um and then you know just just the fact that they're planning on returning samples is what my material I know <laughs> this this entire mission is um unique in the sense that it's actually re uh, collecting samples and leaving uh, canisters on the, on the land I guess on the surface of Mars and there's going to be other missions going in there that are actually going to try to collect that and bring it back here. Back here. So that, to me, is just crazy exciting. That's one of the really best part about it. So uh, to be part of it, to be aware, to be an adult during this time and enjoy this, as opposed to just like, hey, we landed a rover on this. And for us, for us here, at least in the family, um, I took my son with me to the open house for JPL not that long ago, before the whole current situation. And uh, I took a picture with them with a mock-up of the, the rover itself. So, it, you know, mm -hmm. things like that are, are cool. It's just, you know, totally geeking out. So it's nice. Yeah, definitely. So, folks, we have, of course, some mobile news to share with you today. I wanted to start with Android 12 because uh, the beta or whatever is out. The developer preview one, yeah. And I know that also happened roughly around the time we recorded last time. I thought of including Could it. Could they have timed it any better? It was like roughly around the time as the, <laughs> the rover was landing, Google's like, I know. We're going to launch developer preview one, yeah. I held it because I wanted to be able to see what. Like, I'm honestly not huge into testing out the betas. Like, I'd rather wait for the final version and then go with it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to wait for some folks like you who did videos and content to give us a kind of a feel. You, I'm going to link in the show notes to your video, uh, Android 12 beta. You tried it on your Pixel 4a. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a quick lowdown of like bullet point, the five things that we should know that matter and that you think are cool and maybe the things you think are less cool? So um, the quick top line, I would say, is so it's the developer, the Android 12 developer preview one. It's a developer preview. So as intended, this is really meant for um, introducing us to the, to the actual uh, new platform and what Android 12 is going to be. Uh, as far as the highlights, what are some of the top new things? Uh, some new UI elements that look like they're going to be coming in from theming based on uh, your wallpaper. So the entire, you know, the uh, the notification shade, your settings tab was going to change. It looks like Google's also looking into a little bit uh, focusing on one-handed operation, a little bit heavier with this UI. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a couple of features that are not on by default, but once you're able to enable them, um, and that'll be hopefully in the video that you have in the in the show notes, uh, you're able to basically, similar to the way we have it on iOS, where you're able to bring the entire UI element down, so it shifts down to the element. Right. And then there's the uh, a little bit more, I would say, graphically... <laughs> 
more rounded graphical interface of the settings tabs. So definitely a, a UI-based element in there. Um, a couple of new things also coming in uh, seem to be also around the chat or the conversation bubbles. So there's going to be a little bit more focus on those. Um, we found some new things in there as well that are, that are maybe not even considered to be part of Android 12, but they were in the actual code. Uh, and we activated them, uh, like uh, the ability of removing that short swipe when you're swiping a, a notification away where you normally have the little setting gear on the left of it. You're able right. to disable that option so you can do just a straight swipe away. But generally, a lot of it is also under the hood. They're trying to focus on uh, removing the emphasis on having an entire OEM, uh, oh, sorry, an OTA to actually update your, your system. So they're trying to also put in more uh, emphasis on Google Play Store. So relying on the on the Play Store to update parts of uh, the Android system. So a lot of good things coming up. Uh, still first developer preview. And some of the things I mentioned also uh, with the UI elements may not actually make it to the end as those were actually, we needed to actually enable them. They weren't even on by default in the developer preview. So it's exciting, but still early days. Yeah, no, I, I watched your video and I was like, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, but it didn't like blow my mind or just no. maybe like, oh, okay, yeah. like, this is, <laughs> like, I can't wait. You know, like there were some releases of Android in the past where I was yeah, just like, yeah. ah, I've been waiting for this feature for a long time. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of funny how you and I have such early access to devices that like, mm. we, we have a pretty large collection of of. Android 11 phones that came with Android 11, right? Absolutely. And, like that we've reviewed. And then we also have, we at least have a two or three Snapdragon 888 devices around right now yeah. where, you know, unless you bought a Galaxy S21, you're an early adopter in the US here, you're likely not to have an SD888 phone. And we have several, and we're going to talk about the Mi 11 in a second. But of course. what I'm saying is that we're so used to it. Like when I saw the preview, I was I looked at an older phone that I had that I'm currently reviewing and it's back from like December last year. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is running Android 11 or 10. And it was only running 10. And I was like, holy crap, like how can it only be running 10? 12 is about to come out. You know, my brain was starting to like do the gears. Yeah. And and it's just like, I think we got to slow down. Like very few phones are running Android 11 in reality right now. 11 is uh, market penetration is actually very small considering considering where um, at least where we should be at this point in the uh, in the process. So Android 10, it, you know, most devices are barely catching up to 10. 11 is still in the future, and while we're able to play with Android 12 a little bit now with the developer preview, uh, Google's roadmap, at least for the current stage, is not releasing it somewhere in September. September. Oh uh, later wow, later. Year. Okay. So yeah. they they outlined three alpha. Sorry, well not alpha. Three developer previews. So there's going to be one, two, three, and then they're releasing the first uh, beta update in May, and then the final version will be somewhere around September. I'm guessing around the Pixel 6 line, uh, Pixel 6 announcements, so roughly around that time. Um, Indeed. Again, it's to get developers working on it. And OEMs, essentially, that's the biggest part. Uh, you know, your your Oxygen OS, Color OS, your UI, your, uh, you know, Flymo, whatever, insert OS flavor. Yep. This, is, this is the time where they start playing with it. No, that makes perfect sense. And we're going to talk about Pixel in a bit. There's uh, some interesting leaks this week. So let's uh, switch gears to the Xiaomi Mi 11. We both have it. I finally yeah. got mine like last week. You've mm -hmm. had it for a little longer than me. Bit, I yeah. just set it up and I'm starting to play with it. And I'm really impressed with this phone. Now, I'm not sure you know this, but my audience knows that I just still don't have an S21. So Samsung has not sent me a review unit yet. I've requested it. I'm not about to go out there and buy my own. If I had known it was going to take this long, I probably would have. But at this point, I have very little point of comparison. But what I can do 
is compared to previous Xiaomi phones like the Mi 10 last year. And of course, I can compare it to the, all the SD865 uh, phones that I have. There are many of them. And so I want to say what I'm impressed here. I'm not talking about, yeah, it's faster because it's a nicer, newer chip. Mm -hmm. That is a very minor part of that. What I'm really impressed with is how this is not a pro unit yet. No, no yeah, this is the standard. It feels very premium and very high spec to me. Mm -hmm. And the price is really impressive. It's what, $750 roughly? It depends on the, yeah, the, the, you know, where you're able to get it. I, I was, for, I can say this much. I, I did, for me with the, with the Snapdragon version of the, uh, um, Qualcomm, sorry, but the S21s, um, I, you know, I picked up mine obviously was uh, on day one and I upgraded to it from the S20. Uh, so I have both, and I've had an opportunity to to actually compare that even to the standard S21, um, which I did also get it from T-Mobile as my normal jump on demand. But um, Mi 11 this year, or Mi Y12, based on Android 11, has had a lot of optimizations done. And we're not even at the Mi Y12.5, which is what Xiaomi is promising us, giving us a little bit more performance optimizations and also ability of uh, uninstalling system-based apps. That typically mm -hmm. people are always, you know, concerned with with Xiaomi devices, but um, the fluidity of the UI, uh, the, uh, the overall, it just it was done so right. And like you said, even though this is not the Pro, it feels like the Pro. It feels like it's hitting the marks that what we saw last year with the 10 Pro. So yeah, definitely very excited. Uh, I'm happy that I was able to get my hands on it and get a chance to play around with it. Um, I'm not going to lie. I like it a little bit better than my S21 Ultra, but that's just me. Uh, I feel, the, I mean, I feel the same based on all the input I've received from yeah. people using S21 from my brief time hands-on with the S21. For me, the S21 Ultra, of course, is the one to get because of the imaging. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to get something more affordable, what I feel like with the Mi 11 is it's competing, like it's right up there against the OnePlus 8T. I feel that that's the closest in terms of experience and performance. It, it is, yeah. And it's so, it's like the 8T, as we know, Oxygen OS is super fluid and optimized and runs incredibly well on the 865. And I feel like this Mi 11, even though it's a skin that's a little heavier still, Mm -hmm. yeah. is really, really slick and smooth. And, you know, having Quad HD and 120 hertz at the same time, it's like the Oppo Find X2 Pro last year. It's it's a nice thing to have, you absolutely, know? Absolutely, absolutely. One of the... One of the uh, so going, like, like you said, when you compare it to like the competitors in that market, I feel like the S21, the S21 Plus, and uh, the OnePlus 8T are the ones that are going to basically be the one you're kind of in the same ballpark because that's a 1080p resolution, 120 hertz refresh rate, uh, stereo speakers, large displays, large batteries, fast charging. Um, but then you start looking at, like you said, for about 750 bucks and the features that you get there, um, the fact that the global market uh, version of this device comes with a charger in the box, comes yeah, with 55 the, watt. 55 watt, right? Um, and mm -hmm. they're not skimping on it. You have 50 ability... watt wireless charging. Like, that yeah, is like, also, you know, like OnePlus does not have that. I mean, the AT has 65 watt charging wire. Uh, wired, wired, yeah, they're using uh, It has no wireless charging. And then you, on top of that, the, the camera system, I think, on the Mi 11 is a big step up, I think, compared to the AT. I mean, the 8, the 8 and AT you know, we're in the shadows of the 8 Pro in terms of imaging. Like the 8 Pro oh, absolutely. The 8 really Pro. has the camera specs you want. Yep. The 8T was cruising along on, and you know, in some ways the 8 and 8T are actually downgrades from say the 7T the previous year because they, they have those 
you know what I call sticker cameras, the two megapixel stupid macro and and depth uh, sensor there or black and white sensor just there for show basically. Because here's the thing. Xiaomi does not have a telephoto, which is the only thing I can fault them for, but that's probably what the Pro is getting. But the mm -hmm. macro on that is a proper autofocus. It's a telemacro, yeah. High it's quality, super close-up macro. Yeah. And, you know, you can't really use the macro on the AT and the 8 because it, it is so, like, it's manual focus, like, essentially by moving the phone. You, it's really hard to get a clear shot. And then 2 megapixel and the low light performance sucks and color is bad. This is a really usable macro for the first time mm -hmm. in a long time. And, of course, you get the 108 megapixel sensor, which we've seen now on a number of phones, including Xiaomi's Mi 10 last year. And yeah. I thought last year it was pretty good. And this year you can really see an improvement. And further than that, the lack of telephoto might not that be a big of a deal. I tried doing some 5X photos indoor lighting last mm -hmm. night, and they came out really great. The OIS on that is really solid. So you can probably do up to 5X zoom on that sensor without any major drawbacks, which is what most people are going to zoom to, unless you want like a Periscope 10X zoom like the S21 Ultra or like the, you know, the upcoming Huawei P50 or the old P50 Pro Plus. Yeah. You know, like I think this is a, this is a pretty well-rounded device like i'm really impressed very very much and and with uh with the potential leaks that we might may have seen that maybe or may not be final products of the mi 11 ultra uh oh, yeah. They, that yeah so, uh, xiaomi is doing a great job focusing on their camera systems I, I i really appreciate it uh the only thing that i probably would have to say that that i'm still really irking a little bit as to why xiaomi hasn't hasn't tried to fix is the front-facing sensor experience? They upped it to 1080p yeah. 60 now, so we have 60 frames. As I mean, 4K, to 30. come on! Like, but at least, yeah, we should be 4K 60 all around at this point. I agree. Um, On a flagship, even if it's not like the Pro or the Ultra, I, I, yeah, it should be a given. But then again, you know, OnePlus has the same problem, right? And and it's interesting. They follow the same thing, uh, except for um, I want to say the OnePlus Nord changed that. But it's the only one which is really strange, right? Yeah, yeah. Like in some ways, it's better than even the eight Pro in that sense. So, yeah. um, but what I find interesting about this Mi Eleven is that you know, for me, the the thing that holds me back from going like full on and like using this maybe as a main phone is mm -hmm. probably honestly Mi UI. I mean, it's still too heavy of a skin for me. Like it's much better and it's slick and smooth and nice, but I just it's it's not my taste. Like you know, I'm in more the Oxygen, Sony, Moto you know, uh, Nokia yep. and Pixel, of course, super light-skinned versions of the US. Even though Oxygen has changed a little bit, I still think it's very, very clean and clear. And then, you know, the other thing about the Mi 11, I think is a little hard for us in the in the US is that there's it's a 5G phone yet, you know, you can't get 5G on it, so. No, uh, not, and even though we have the 888, which is supposed to have much better radio management as far as across supporting all of 5G, um, it was not activated to support the U.S. So it's, I don't know if it's uh, intentionally because it wasn't marketed for our, our, our for the U.S. market. But uh, 4G LTE, though, I mean, just as kind of a, if you're thinking about it, is actually pretty well, uh, pretty pretty fast. I was able to oh, get yeah, about yeah. 130 on it. It's just, you know, if you really want to take the full power of the, you know, the 888 with 5G, sub-6 5G at, at, at least, uh, yeah, sadly not, not, in the, not, on, not on the model we have uh, here, at least not right now. But if you are living in Europe or in Southeast Asia where this global version is available, you should certainly consider it because I think you'll get your 5G and enjoy it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think this is a better option the, 
than the S21 in many ways. Maybe not the S21 Plus because it does have the glass back, which, you know, the it's a small thing, but like the Xiaomi is glass back, like it at is. $750, right? And it's got like this crazy 55 watt. Like I can't believe that Samsung went down on their wattage on wire charging, you know? I, I, I that, yeah, the, the, the decisions, the decision to, so let's just say this, the S21 and the S21 Plus are very much a tailored experience that Samsung wanted to provide to kind of give it like a lineup that, com, you know, comp- composes, you know, entry level or mid, mid tier kind of for them S21 to the Plus a little bit and then Ultra giving you everything out of the box. Um, Xiaomi basically just took that and went straight for, in my opinion, I feel like it's better than the S21 and the S21 Plus because of the sum of the uh, the whole part of the experience. If you think about yeah, I mean, the Quad HD display, I mean, the absolutely. list goes on. Yeah, you yeah. have so much more choice. You can still run at 60 hertz, 1080p if you want to and get incredible battery life. You have options. And at $750, you have these options. Whereas yeah. Samsung's like, yeah, we put a plastic back because it's a cost cutting. <laughs> like, I mean, they don't say it, but we know it. And it's fair. Like, exactly. we get it. But at the same time, if Xiaomi can do it, why can't you, Samsung? And that's the question. You're Samsung. Exactly. If you are, you are the. So the, my thing is, I, I fell in love with Samsung because of the their what they used to stand for. They were the company that didn't want to copy anybody else, and they gave you all those cool features: the SD card, the QHD resolution, stereo speakers before anybody else. As you know, all of those little things, and then. Um, I even found a little bit also when I ran like some performance comparisons between the two, I found like the 888 on the Mi 11 was running a little bit better or more consistently than I saw it on the S21 because it seems like there's a little bit of throttling also going on depending on which model that you're getting. Oh, the S21 is definitely throttling. I, uh, you know, I write lots of my reviews for hot hardware and they got an S21 and uh, they tested it and it's throttling all over the place. You know, they're really into the performance aspects and the yeah, yeah. benchmarks. So check out that review on hot hardware. You know, I'm not, I'm an engineer and I understand how all this benchmarking and stuff works and I understand how throttling works. But I tend to might write my phone reviews more in the eye of like, What's the user experience like? And yeah. of course, imaging is my big focus because that's my kind of a passion. But yes. so when I write for them, of course, I cover all the benchmarks, but I think they did a more detailed analysis than I would have done if I'd reviewed the S21 for them. And so if you want to know what we're talking about here, TK and I, check out that hot hardware review uh, so you get an idea of the throttling issues. Yeah, but I, I like it. I like it and I can't wait to see what they, what else Xiaomi has to offer. It is pretty awesome. Yeah, the Ultra with that little postage stamp display in the back for selfies <laughs> seems pretty cute. So I'm looking forward to that as well. But if you think about it, 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 in a way, because they always put the most powerful sensors, the best performing sensors on the back, that's going to make it so that you have the best yeah. selfie pictures, videos, and all of that. This is You're no longer blind aligning your, your face on a picture to take a selfie or you know a portrait image. So really, really nice. So hopefully, we'll see what they have to offer there. Yeah, it's interesting also that we haven't heard about a Mi 11 Pro at all yet. Yeah, last year they announced both the standard yeah. and the Pro. This year, and it seems more like also kind of like at the end of the year of last year, we're starting to see individual releases. Companies are trying to go for the whole, you know, we'll have a launch event for every single version. So it's good. We'll see. So we spoke about the AT a little bit. It's been a bit of one of the darlings that we've had for 2020, even though it really missed the boat on wireless charging and the lack of telephoto and the crappy 2 megapixel sticker macro. But that being said, there was a Cyberpunk edition and you and I both had, in fact, you and I shared the same review unit. You got it first. You did some videos. You mailed it to me. (laughs) Exactly. I, 
I, I was not aware that it was going to be a shared experience at the time. Neither so did I. I was till my time with it was over and then they gave me the, the return label and I'm like, Oh, I'm not <laughs> returning. <laughs> yeah. And then as, as, as it was produced. So yeah. <laughs> and mine went to someone else. I want to say TK, I'm grateful on how cleanly you unbox that thing because I was actually able to make a video, which I still need to edit. That is pretty good because yeah. you you kept it all pretty intact but look the reason i'm bringing it up is we both spend time with this phone and yeah. i think the takeaway is that if you are in the u.s here and you're jonesing for this phone because it's so unique and different mm-hmm. uh, and looks so cool and maybe you're a fan of the game Absolutely. you should consider buying it because you can actually get the google play services stuff working very easily by just installing the apk yeah. from like apk mirror or whatever and then it's also perfectly usable. You don't you won't get 5G support for the US. It's like by importing a OnePlus Nord. Yeah. Like the big Nord, not the the baby Nords. But at the same time, I felt like I used it for a couple of weeks. Like I took all over the place with me and it was just a great it, experience. It worked perfectly fine. Uh 5G right now in the US or at least sub six 5G for us. It's still very much comparable to uh you know what 4G LTE speeds are in some areas. So realistically if you're a fan, if you're a diehard, you know, cyberpunk and you like, love the game and you want to be able to get that experience outside, have that with you. Um, they provide this as a custom case, uh, and there's even a custom pin that comes in the box, but the package yeah. that you and I shared had those, all those extra ones. I so wanted to take those out. <laughs> I was ready to send you an empty thing. That whole thing will be like, <laughs> like TK, there's supposed to be pins here. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> They're so cool. They're so cool. I love it. I love that kit. It was very nice. And uh, the design is not my thing. Like I kind of enjoyed more the McLaren editions. But if you've seen the McLaren miss, editions, this McLaren. is kind of like a more yellow version of that. Uh-huh. And even yeah. more over the top because the glass has this sparkling like finish <laughs> in, under yeah. it. Like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's amazing. And then the the wallpapers and, and the entire aesthetic, the way it boots, like it looks like it's booting Linux with a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of like lines and stuff. It, it look, it, you got to give them props for, you know, we know it's all just marketing and tie-in. Exactly. But it's fun and it's well done. In this case, I felt like, you know, I'm kind of actually jonesing to see OnePlus do other partnership with other brands. I, I would love for them to go back with, um, you know, McLaren. That that entire partnership for me was a weird... Oh my God, yeah. Like last year at CES, we had an opportunity to check out the McLaren edition version, which was a T-Mobile edition version of, uh, I think it was at the OnePlus uh, 7T Pro McLaren edition. And then all in all, right after that, all of that went out. And then, you know, when we saw the Cyberpunk editions come out, I felt like there was at least glimpse that a hope that we will see more themed based uh, version. But, you know, at the end of the day, when we look at smartphones in that in this manner, uh, as you said, marketing, wallpapers, and all of these things are, are basically just a marketing aspect of it. Um, it still kind of gives you the option to have a very unique piece of experience. Uh, uh, fans of the game would definitely want to b- rather buy the ga- buy this version of the phone, and even if it yeah. doesn't have five G. So, to to your to, uh, to your you know kudos to you for obviously showing it as well or mentioning it. Uh, yeah, Google Play services easy, very easy to get this thing on this device. Uh, and with the exception of 5G, everything else works the exact same way as a regular AT. Yep, exactly. So consider it if you're looking for a OnePlus that's very unique and mm-hmm. you don't care about 5G, be aware that it's not just because it's a Chinese phone doesn't mean you can't use it without any issues here. Uh, you'll be perfectly fine. Yep. Speaking of Chinese phones that are 
you know, from a company that we all really love, uh, Huawei launched the Mate X2, the successor to the original folding phone, you know, Galaxy Fold competitor. I thought it was called the uh, the uh, Huawei Mate. Uh, sorry. Uh, Z Fold Three wasn't that the, wasn't that the one they released? It doesn't roll off the mouth right away. But. No, but it's funny because oh. you that you mentioned that because the original Huawei Mate X and Mate mm-hmm. X S, which is like a revised version of it, had outside folding. So that was mm-hmm. kind of the shtick was that we keep it simple. It's really only one display, and you fold it, and then you know you can and now. I love that design. It was a really good design. I played with it, and um, they had it at CES even last year. You know, back in the you know the olden days, I guess. Um, and I felt like it was the unique factor of, you know, that you had a much bigger display. It was usable. It felt like a, a P, P30 Pro, uh, just a full-size display that became a tablet. Uh, I, underst- I understood, obviously, the, the, the mechanics behind it, that it wasn't as rigid. It wasn't as protected. You had to put it in a case. You have to basically very much baby it. Um, but I, I, I guess, uh, you know, Samsung won with the design war in this one, I guess. And uh, we'll have to see what they bring in with the Z Fold 3. The, the real yeah, one. for sure. Well, so this X2, uh, mm-hmm. Mate X2, is essentially adopting Samsung's approach with a f- inside screen, right? And yeah. then you have on top of that an outside screen, obviously, because you need that so you can use the phone one-handed, like a, mm-hmm. when it's folded shut. And it looks very slim, and yeah. it looks like the the hinge is a very similar design to the razor in the sense that it has a teardrop shape because it's uh, the, there's not much of a fold compared to the folds yep. and no gap when it's shut, which is nice. But of course, you know, you know, we'd have to try it out to really see whether the fold is noticeable, if it's less noticeable, whatever it is, whatever it might be. Look, I trust, I trust Huawei's ability to do this right. They're masters at hardware, oh, uh, and the price, you know, twenty eight hundred US dollars. Of course, it's gonna, it better be good and do it. What stands out to me, of course, are the two obvious things, which are well, for no GMS. So obviously, if you ever get this phone in any way, shape, or form, don't expect it to work on Google services. But that, you know, hopefully, we can get that resolved in the next few years with you know, the new government and all that stuff, once they realize that it's not about the consumer products. Let's t- separate the networking issues, the the infrastructure issues from the consumer products because, you know, the their laptops are pretty damn awesome too. Oh, yeah. So that is one thing. But the thing that stood out to me is that you have a full complement in the back of cameras that match what we have on the P40 Pro Plus or mm-hmm. the Mate 40 Pro Plus or the Galaxy S21 Ultra in this, in this case. So unlike Samsung, who hasn't put a periscope or, you know, folded lens on any folding phone yet, mm-hmm. this is, the, as far as I know, the first phone that's a folding phone with a periscope folded lens mm-hmm. in the back with two telephotos, basically like the P40 Pro Plus, a 3X and a 10X. So, wow, like they, they went for everything but the kitchen sink, right? Well, even faster charging too. They decided to go with that as well. They give you faster charging on it. Um, and as you said, the camera array in the back is definitely a, a high-end camera experience. They're not trying to give you... Um, and I, they never really understood why Samsung decided not to pr- provide, you know, on, on a $2,000 phone, a much better camera experience. I felt like, you know, especially with the second iteration with the Z Fold 2, we should have had better. Uh, not that, not to say that they're not good. Uh, they, the experience that we see here is definitely not what you see with the S21 Ultra. Let's just say this much, or even with the S20 Ultra from last year. Uh, Huawei is the company to push the limits. My hope that we get better experience, you know, a better, I guess, a, a return back to some of their market uh, shares that they used to be able to provide services in. 
Um, I did notice, though, that it does lack a little bit. There's no camera on the inside, though. That was a little bit of an interesting oh, design change. Oh, yeah, really? Change. Interesting. Yeah, like they like, okay, no, we're going to give you the best cameras, and we're not going to give you a little tiny thing. You know, no, we're going to give you a full display. So, yeah, inter inside display is no, no camera. They want you to use the external great cameras, and they retained that one feature that Samsung copied was the ability to see yourself with the secondary display. So when you open up the ca uh, the actual mechanism and you turn on the cameras on the back, if you want to use oh, it in yeah. selfie mode, you turn on the, the right or the left side of the display as your front facing or your, your viewfinder. So uh, that was on the X on the first one. And, and I love that feature. And then when Samsung brought it on the Z Fold 2, I love that as well. So glad to see that they're focusing on the best cameras. Yeah, for sure. And I think the last thing that I want to bring up on this phone to me that stands out is that we have a 90 hertz display front and back. So basically the main display, which is 120 hertz on the Fold 2, mm -hmm. is a 90 hertz here on the Mate X2, which I think is fine. I mean, it could be nice to be a 120, but it's interesting that Huawei hasn't launched any flagships with 120 yet. They yeah. only have 90 hertz at their OLEDs. But the front is 90 hertz, whereas on the Fold 2, Z Fold 2, the front is 60 hertz. So if you want that smooth experience, whether you're in like handheld phone mode or in tablet mode, again, Huawei delivers, you know, and then like, as you said, the, the charging is on par with the P40 Pro Plus, which is like 50 watt wired, 50 watt wireless or something like that. And that's what you want. Yeah. You want to be able to have the flexibility of, if you want to be able to charge it quickly, do so. With large batteries that you get on these phones, uh, that was one of my biggest concerns that I had coming into the S21 Ultra is they went back down to 25 watt. And I know. I know some people may say that it doesn't charge 45 all the time, but it, it is very much noticeable when I want to do a quick top off on my S20 Ultra back when I when I had mine. And when I'm doing it now with the S21, it is very noticeable of the slowdown on the speed. So yes, we want faster charging and we understand that obviously battery degradations and so on. But at the end of the day, consumers value that fast wireless and fast wired give us the give us the choice especially when we're paying you know the premium price you know and it's the same with electric cars right like i think you know i have a model 3 and uh, you know you can set the the limit for charging every time you charge and and it remembers the last one so if you forget you set it to like 80 percent, it'll stop at 80 percent and of course, they recommend that, you know, unless you do road trips where you're supercharging, you're traveling longer distances, that you don't charge fully because it, it's the last 5% takes so long that it defeats the whole point of going to a supercharger, right? Like yeah. if you roll into the supercharger at 20% or 15%, which is about the lowest I've ever rolled into a charger mm -hmm. on a road trip because, you know, it does a good job at optimizing and picking the, the chargers for you mm -hmm. and you can override it. So you, you roll in, you're at 15%. You're going to get at 250 kilowatts, which is the fastest supercharger version three. You're going to see a speeds of a thousand miles per hour of charge, which means yeah. an hour of charge will give you a thousand miles, miles theoretically, but it's not a linear curve, right? Like, in the middle of the pack at 15%, it goes full speed. And then when you get to about 50, 60, 70%, it starts slowing down drastically and it slows down more and more. Yeah, so exactly. those last 5% could easily take you 15, 20 minutes. So you don't <laughs> stick around for that. When you have a 95 full battery, like it's no point. But then exactly. you never charge up to 95 unless you're really doing a road trip, right? Yep. And no, so no, exactly. in everyday drive, like my range is on paper is like 320 miles on my long range. Mm -hmm. Practically, it means that I charge 
up to about 275 or 280 miles of range every time I do an 80% charge. And honestly, I mean, that's a lot. Like you can get quite far, like going on the coast, like two hours away and back on one charge, like no problem. So I think that, you know, back to the smartphones, the fast charging is the same thing. Yeah, It's like when you are at that place where you're like, I need to go out for a bit and my phone's at 20% or 30%, you plug it in with like 55 watt and boom, you get... 10 minutes and you're back at like 70%. Absolutely. You know, it's that core part of the battery, the middle part that really gives you the boost. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously some car makers don't give you the option. Like they actually, when you charge at 100, you actually are charging at 80 or 90 because they cheat on you. They have extra capacity at the beginning and end. Like Volkswagen Group, like the Porsche Taycan and stuff, that's what they're doing. Oh, okay. Because they are looking at it from the perspective of a gas user they don't want you to manage that but basically they're selling you a car that's heavier and more expensive battery wise (laughs) that you're never going to use the full capacity so that you think you have the full capacity and i like that tesla doesn't do that they give you the whole thing and they're like you want to trash your battery charge it 100 percent every time go nuts you know, and yes, it's not good for the battery, but who's going to do that, right? In a, on a road trip, you, as I said, you're going to stop at 95%. And yes, I'm seeing some battery degradation. I got 30,000 miles now on my car and I can't charge more than about 310, 315. But from 320, like whatever, that's like a minor degradation. And Very. I did a lot of road tripping between my two residences back in when I lived in Portland and San Francisco. I would go back and forth and I would supercharge a lot. So I think you can manage it. Yeah. And I like that the phone makers are giving you the choice. Like if you want to trash your battery, you can. It's just like Tesla. They're like, you just don't understand how the technology works. I think protecting people mm-hmm. and not giving the, them the option to get the full, like the full shebang, like Volkswagen is doing on their cars is weird to me. Like, because like you're paying for extra batteries and capacity you'll never use. No, no. And, and the ability of, we're giving the choice to the user, I think is always a better choice. But I also love the fact that some manufacturers are also putting in some optimizations on the software side right. to cap the charging, like uh, Color OS with uh, with what um, Oppo did on their side. Um, the, the battery charges up to eighty percent overnight, and then it only goes up to a hundred when you know, when they, it learns when you normally get up in the morning and take it off the charger. Uh, but what I loved about it, like you said, it's that quick charge. It's the I personally no longer charge my phones uh, overnight. I let my phone... If Neither I, do I. I've stopped. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no absolutely no reason to leave your phone on the charger. I wake up in the morning, whatever I have left, I put it, in my, put it on my charger, and within about 30, 45 minutes, whatever it is, I take it off, and I'm, I'm, I just go throughout the day. There's really no... When you have the faster tech, this is this is the big reason why I appreciate having faster chargers. I'm not saying 25 watt is slow. It's a big improvement over what we had adaptive fast charging with you know uh, the 15 watt that Samsung had for many years. Uh, it's just I felt like when we went from 45 to 25 and then not included in the box, it was a little bit of a yeah you know it's supposed to be the generational upgrade and I felt that that was more of a a selective uh, change in in pace. So we'll have to see how that comes around. Uh, but kudos to, to the companies that are putting it in, Sony, Oppo, putting in some battery optimizations. And um, I can't wait. OnePlus to... as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. So uh, Oppo. BBK the... group. General. I was gonna. Well, I was about <laughs> to say exactly. Once you say BBK, it, those benefits will start trickling out. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what the OnePlus 9T or the 9T, the OnePlus 9 series is going to be with some oh of the God, leaks yeah. that we're saying, um, Hasselblad potentially, like, wow, like seriously. Yeah, we, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there's some really good stuff. I didn't include any of the leaks this week because I'm like, 
I found that, you know, a lot of it was just rehash of what we already know. But yeah, it's coming. It's definitely coming really soon. Speaking yeah. of BBK Group, Oppo's got a couple of pieces of news this week I want to touch on. Yeah. The first one is that uh, we saw a demo of their X phone, whatever, the rollable phone. The X 2021, yes. Right. Demoing the, I'm baptizing it true wireless charging versus what we know today as wireless charging in the same way as, you know, we went from the neck buds to the true wireless buds. So that's the one thing I want to talk about. Also, this is more of an announcement, general announcement for the audience who might be Oppo fans that like it's a leak, but it looks very clear that the Oppo Find X3 series, the flagship from Oppo, will be launching March 11th. And if you pay attention, if you're as tech savvy as I know you all are, you know that whatever we see on the Oppo Find X3 series, like the regular and the Pro, is what we're going to see on the OnePlus 9 and 9, and 9 Pro, Pro yeah. in a slightly revisited version, right? So oh, la- last year, they, they just copied the display. It was the exact same oh, panel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the main sensor on the Pro as well. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they didn't even bother to like, hey, let me see your homework kind of thing. They're like, I'd like a copy of that, a copy of that. Thank you very much. We're going to go make It's part spinning, right? But I love it. They, they took the best part. Xiaomi is the best. I, oh yeah, yeah no Xiaomi with their with the Redmi brand and the and the Black Shark brand and, and no, Poco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, the the amount of phones that Xiaomi as a company releases a year is amazing. <laughs> how, how they can actually have so many variations, but uh, I, I love the relationship between you know, what we see between Oppo and and, and OnePlus in the sense yeah. that we get to get the best of what some of the things that we see on Oppo on OnePlus, and at least here in the U.S. right now, while Oppo is not really having. A presence much, uh, you know, OnePlus can definitely provide it to the U.S. consumers. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if you're not obviously here, if you're here in the U.S. and you don't care about Oppo because you are waiting for OnePlus, you should check this out because this will give you a very good preview yeah. of what we should be getting. And, uh, you know, as you said, like Xiaomi, like I call it part spinning. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not a negative thing. Yeah. It's just, I think BBK Group does it quite a bit between Vivo, Realme, Oppo, and OnePlus. But then there's Redmi. You know, Xiaomi, Black Shark, Poco, and it's insane. Like, they're even more insane. Like, literally, you'll have two phones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll give you an example. The Xiaomi Mi 10T Lite and the Xiaomi Mi 10i are mm-hmm. exactly identical, except for one thing. One is a 108-megapixel main sensor. The other one is 64-megapixel main sensor. Cosmetically the same, battery the same, processor the same, the rest of the camera is the same. Like... I don't even know how that market exists. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and they're very regional too. It's like, you can only get this phone in like India and that this phone is available in the Philippines. And it's exactly. like, yeah, yeah. so, you know, if you're looking at it from like, you buy your phone's gray market from uh, an importer, you're going to be really confused. Say why there's two versions of the same price, roughly one has 108, 164. It's because they're meant for completely different markets. And, and sometimes companies will also release the phone with the same name, but different specs and different markets. So you, you got to be, you really got to do your homework on it. And um, one of the other things specifically since we were talking about Oppo is I heard somewhere uh, or read somewhere um, that uh, at least the Neo model of the Find X3 is going to be a, uh, a, a rebranded version of the Reno 5, the Reno 5G Pro Plus. So they're they're also going into some of the Reno things, which the Reno one is running probably going to be the uh, MediaTek processor. So we'll have to see. Yeah. which. Um, and also, if, I don't know if you saw it this morning, Redmi announced uh, the 870 series running on the uh, K40. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Moto announce the first 870 phone back in China, like in January sometime? Uh, I, 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 it was the Edge something, Edge S. 
which will be the G100 when it comes to Europe because the G series now is like G10, G30, we talked about last week. And then the G100 is supposed to be the, the 870 Chinese phone we saw, which mm -hmm. is Edge branded in China, but looks like a G series on steroids with an 870. And that probably will come to Europe and maybe to the US as a Moto G, I don't know, like some like G Fast or G Premium <laughs> or G Plus or whatever. Pro Plus, Special Premium, all ad titles keep going all the way. Tell me, TK, what do you make of this Oppo True Wireless charging? So, and I always love to go back to CES the way we get to see different things. So it was demonstrated a few years in a row of wireless technology, of wireless charging across rooms. I don't know if you had an opportunity to check yeah, it out there. Yeah, I remember that. So the technology itself is not, a, not very new, but... The fact that we're starting to see it in consumer product on from not just one manufacturer, but multiple manufacturers, um, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting because it allows us to, for the user on the consumer side, to charge your smartphone while using it close enough to the charger. As you saw, this mm -hmm. was not going to be, you know, earth shattering, you know, you're walking around the room kind of thing. But um, it gives you the ability of holding the phone, using it. And as I think it was the article mentioned that it also worked at an angle. It doesn't necessarily just work in a straight kind of, you have to hold it very much you know, parallel to the actual service, uh, surface itself. Uh, I think it's interesting. It, they're not fast. So we're, I don't think they're trying to demonstrate speed. Here. I think it was 7.5 watt, right? Absolutely. And, and which is actually not bad for wireless charging when you consider standard Qi is like five watt. Okay. Like base Qi. Like the, if you, if you get like a Nokia charger from the days of the Lumia 800, right? Like, mm -hmm. and you put the, like you put your current, you know, S21 on there, you get five watt. That's all you get. But I use it all the time. I have an old Nokia charger that I use and it's not fast, but for overnight is great. It doesn't kill your battery. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't generate as much heat when you're, when you're charging it. I think it's a good approach, but I think it's intended to be more of, uh, I have my phone on the charger, but I want to be able to use it at the same time. So you could put it beneath you, it's sitting there, you can use it, you open up, expand it, close it. Uh, I think it's a good technology. I think it's something that we need to start seeing more advancements in it. Uh, maybe to a point where we have a wi one wireless charger that charges our devices that are on a table wirelessly. Basically, you just have it on the table and it just you know emanates the energy over to the, to the different uh, devices. We'll have to see some of the if it practical in practicality. This is something that we're going to use because when we're charging our phones, we typically don't really use them. But it's yeah. a nice thing to have. It's it's great. You can pick up the phone, check it, put it back down, and it still works. Uh, I hope again. <laughs> I'm hoping it doesn't come with a super premium price on it because it is on their first X uh, rollable phone. So we already know the phone's going to be expensive. So we'll have to see. Well, I think it's going to be expensive at first, but give it 10 years or so. And Ikea will sell desks and night tables. I can't wait. You know, you just toss your phone in a night table is charging on your desk with us, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, how many phones are on our desk at any given time? I actually think we're going to reach the limit, like where the little LED will flash in the corner of the desk saying, no, 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 you got 10 phones charging <laughs> here. I can only handle eight. Okay. Or something like that. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. Uh well, yeah, I can't wait. And Xiaomi, I think last year had that one nice, um, I don't know if you saw that one, the, the charger that finds your device on the surface of its charger. Oh, yeah. Remember that one, the one that yeah. Marquez had that one there, and I saw it on Max's thing. So that was actually interesting. But smart chargers like that, where they're able to center to the coil, to the wireless coil on the back of your phone, and once it's done, it moves to the next uh, accessory that's on the same surface. That's not a bad, a bad design. I like I it. I mean, it's it's clever. And anything that has an XY coordinate robot underneath it, to me, is, is gold. Like, because I'm a nerd. Kick ass, kick ass. <laughs> always, always. We got some pixel leaks today. And yeah. there's leak of a slightly 
tweaked Pixel 4a 5G that might come out as yes, a Pixel, Pixel 5a. So what do you what do you make of this leak? I, I so there's a couple of sides to me. One on one side, I'm excited that we went with dual sensors as opposed to a single sensor on the Pixel 4a. I'm using the 4a right now with the developer preview to the Android 12. Um, on the other end, um, I do also notice that basically Google seems to be basically, you know, leaning heavy on the design from last year. So there, there may be a continuation of a conversation this year with the design. So the design aesthetics is what I'm, I'm, I'm looking into. I like that. I'm excited about it. I think it's a good design. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, the design looks very nice. The updated sensor uh, array is definitely very good, which is something that I'm excited about. Um, so my hope essentially is that they continue with the philosophy as far as the pricing. This is the 5A after all. Um, some of the leak also mentioned that maybe a potential of an Excel model at some point. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe a return of a larger form factor. That was about the only thing I missed on the 5 and the 4A. Uh, I like the 4A 5G because of the fact that it was It's really the right the size, yeah. It's the Excel. It's, it's, it's funny. I went into it wanting to make the 5 the phone for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I still am on my OnePlus 8 Pro because I need wireless charging and all this other stuff and I need a flagship. But if I had to pick a Pixel for 2020, there's no doubt in my mind it'd be the 4A 5G simply because it's the right size and you pay so much more for the 5 for really essentially about the same phone. The only thing you gain is wireless charging, a bit more RAM, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a higher refresh rate display, and of course the waterproofing, right? But that's it. Like you can probably live without all four of these when you consider it's only a $500 phone, the 485G. And that's why I think that like you, mm-hmm. I want to see Google really focus on that middle price point, but I want mm-hmm. them to make one phone, the Pixel 6, XL, whatever you're going to call it, that's an 888 that has all the bells and whistles that costs 900 bucks and just doesn't have this weird stuff like Soli and stuff. Like just give me a freaking full on triple lens, telephoto wide, ultra wide, like wireless charging, the shebang. Give it to me. Give it to me now. I will switch back from OnePlus in a heartbeat. That's all I want. So what, I mean, so here, my thought on that when I was looking at it, because we're what, almost at the end of February, right? Yeah. And we've seen many announcements from Qualcomm when it comes down to SOCs. We've seen the 888, the 870, the 490. Um, I'm almost tempted to say that I feel like maybe one, maybe a Pixel or Google, maybe going down the 870 series uh, approach. It may not be, I mean, I realize it's not an 888. There's, it's pretty much an 865 plus plus. Plus. Yeah, plus plus. Plus plus, exactly. <laughs> you know, when, when you just want the plus, you get the plus cubed. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing an 870 because we've seen many, uh, we we already know that the 865 line is very tried and true and proven SOC yeah. and they didn't use it last year. So we don't have an 865 uh, type of a device. If they don't go with an 888, at least go with an 870 and give us that 100%. experience because they could still perform and deliver on all the, all the lens uh, configurations, the performance benefits. Um, and of course, you know, 5G technology is already there, maybe separated modem from the SOC, but it's still, it's something that we've, we, we've used. We know that it does really well with battery life. And I'm sure Google will make sure that it shines uh, absolutely with any of their devices. So uh, yet to come, but the, the leaks that we're seeing at least are very exciting. And I think that for those of us who are more price sensitive and are potentially still wanting a flagship from Google and are potentially changing carriers or whatever, give us a version without millimeter wave as well as a version with millimeter wave like you did Mm -hmm. for the 4A 5G. Because it's a $100 difference and we get the choice. And I know it's a lot of SKUs, but you already did it for the 4A 5G. So I felt that I was paying $100 more just for that on the 5 
And mm. yes, I get water resistance and I get wireless charging, I get 90 hertz and I get more RAM, but that's peanuts in cost compared to the millimeter wave tech. And yeah. I felt like if you bought a Pixel 5 in the US this past year, you paid $100 more for something you might never use, depending on who your carrier is. Almost, yeah. Rare, I mean, even for us here in LA, millimeter wave is very, very centralized in very small areas in LA. Um, for me, it's about 35, 40 minutes away. Um, I tested it out with the uh, Xperia Pro and it, it, that was a drive just to get millimeter wave to show up. But yeah, yeah. where I am, sub six is all the way. And I think for most of us, sub six is what we, mo you know, that's going to be our introduction to 5G. It's not ultra wideband unless we're at a stadium or in a special city, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a block away from me and it's nice, but I wouldn't really, like, I don't need it. You know, it's it's a nice to have. It's a cool demo. It It's really impressive. If you have to upload the the, the podcast right away, you don't know. Yeah, way, exactly. I just walk block. a block, put it on my phone with a thumb drive and walk there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I think, look, it's cool. I'm a big fan of Pixel. I'm a big fan of what Google's doing. I just felt that didn't make a phone for me last year. Like it just, again, I, they came close with the 4A 5G, but I feel like, yeah, I just want. I just want to see. I know it's Google; they can afford it. Like, just it's more, even. It's. I know it's not a business that makes a lot of sense for them to make phones, but they're a Halo product, and because of that, we still need one out of those four, three or four pixels to be, you know, pretty high up there. And if they want to save money, you're right. Eight seventy with no millimeter wave would be a great way to save money still, Absolutely. and make a phone that could match the seven fifty price point of the uh, Mi 11, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously those prices for the Xiaomi phones are not for US market. So uh, yeah. the US market does command a premium. So I get it. But yeah, I, I'd like to see that. I want to go back to being able to use a Pixel without feeling like I need to make any other compromise. Like with the OnePlus, I went that way because it had everything I wanted. But the camera, even though it's really good on the 8 Pro, it's still not as good as a Pixel camera, right? And so... Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm jonesing for. And speaking of five numbered phones, <laughs> the Ro the ROG Phone Five Five Yes is launching on March 10th. That's official. Not the four, the five. Well, four is not a good number, number. as yeah. you know. Yeah, so that's official. I've linked to our friends at XE Devs, XE Developers about the launch date. Look, this phone has been leaked to death. I mean, we know what we're getting here. But the, the <laughs> point is, it's, it's more of a PSA. If you're yeah. a gaming fault person and you want possibly what's going to be the fastest 888 phone on the market, unbridled with proper heat management and thermal mm -hmm. management, you know, based on what we've seen from the ROG Phone 3 last year, where it really did perform significantly better than any other 865 plus out there, Yep. you know, Mark your calendars for March tenth. I'm I'm a big fan. I I, I didn't get a I didn't get on the bandwagon of the three last year because I still enjoyed my two, but mm -hmm. uh, the ROG Phone two as a is is just a beast. It's a beast of a smartphone. Massive six thousand milliampere battery, um, and there is. Uh, I, I was talking to Michael Fisher I think on the podcast on mine uh, last week, and he's like, "Is there a place for gaming phones?" Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, sure. They they perform so much better. They are they're very much heavily focused on performance as opposed to just providing that camera that you know buttery smooth camera experience to smooth you up. They're literally giving you what you want in a PC on a phone. So, uh, very much looking forward to to the announcement. Of course, as you said, leaks, but. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a few, you know, oh, and by the way, kind of thing, uh, you know, mm -hmm. so we'll, have, we'll I'm sure uh, they're always going to be there. And 
Um, surprisingly enough, I saw that the Red Magic is <laughs> trying to scoop the, the the launch announcement by a couple of days. I saw somewhere where their their announcement is going to be a, maybe a, a few days before. Oh, that. really? Haha, yeah. Funny. Yeah. Look, I think racing gaming... cars. What can I say? <laughs> They're all fast. Yeah, I know. I mean, ga- gaming phones to me is not my thing, but I I think that you know in the early days it was hard to justify because you could buy a flagship and it was very close i think they're finally dis- differentiating now like thermal management and battery size and like you know things like trigger buttons all that stuff is really becoming more and more important to people and, and esports are becoming a big a much bigger also presence across the world and it's implemented way better than it used to be too it mm-hmm. does so it starts to make more sense now so you're 100 percent right speaking of weird tech that he is really zt is really gung-ho about under display stuff lately i mean they did the first selfie camera we've seen the pictures and uh, and that's pretty bad but there's a second gen version potentially coming for the next axon pro model mm-hmm. and now there's rumors that that might even include 3d dot projector face authentication what we know in colloquial speak thanks to apple as face id <laughs> you know, I mean, why not? Sure, if you know, why, of course you can do that. Honestly, I don't think image quality matters quite as much for that. No, it it, it <laughs> it's gonna be um, like I I admire that their their technology. I have an Exxon Twenty that I finally got into in the studio to check out because I wanted to check out the front facing camera. I realize it's not gonna be the best, but it's more about yeah, you gotta see it. Yeah, yeah, and and seeing how a smartphone works without having that you know interrupted experience and no pop up mechanisms. Um, going further beyond that to try to use that for front-facing authentication, I think is definitely a good experience. What I'm concerned about is with, um, you know, how accurate it's going to be and does it, how well does it work with face masks? That's the other thing oh, that yeah. we, we need to keep in mind that we are in a, at least for the foreseeable latter part of 2021, um, till herd immunity and whatever kind of goes through. There's going to be a requirement to wearing facial masks. So sure. how well yeah. does it work? How, uh, and of course, uh, is it a la the same kind of experience that we got with the first one where uh, the camera experience is not the best, but, you know, they could definitely perfect it there with more of a, you know, getting at the, the print of the face and the uh, ability of going through materials. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I want to see it done. It's this progress. And I think that, um, you know, bring it on basically is what I'm saying. I just... I'm a big fan of this whole under display stuff. I just want it to Same. be as good as what we have. And I yep. realize that we're not quite there yet and I'm patient and I'm cool with it. Somebody needs to drive that. And I'm glad that Zeti is kind of throwing themselves under the bus for everyone else. Oh, no. <laughs> I, if, they're, if they're growing pains, they're definitely feeling them. Uh, but I'm with you. I think under display technology is what we should have been moving towards. The, the punch hole camera, the teardrop, the uh, upper left, whatever you want to call that mechanism all of those were in many ways a precursor to this, and we should have been on this earlier. Um, they're doing a good job. And like I said, regardless of the fact that the front-facing camera may or may not be the best camera at all, it's there. You have a good sensor on the back, but it's the fact that they're pushing it. So yeah. within a year or so, those are the things we want to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we have one last item, and it's interesting because, you know, so Carpe left OnePlus and found a new company called Nothing, and we've been covering it on and off. And it seems like we're seeing the same thing we've been seeing with OnePlus, this kind of viral marketing and more and more news, more and more announcements more coming more, in. Uh, yep, supporters. And last week we had the news that they had acquired the Essential brand, and we covered that on the show. Yep. And this week the press release I received said that they hired the teenage engineering team 
Yeah. As you know, Kape definitely lived in, in Sweden for some time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Teenage Engineering is a Swedish-based engineering and design firm. They gave mm-hmm. us really cool synthesizers a few years back, which were way ahead of their time and very portable. And that's what they're best known for. But they've designed consumer products like Bluetooth speakers and things for years for a lot of companies. Knowing the Swedish connection here, it doesn't surprise me that this partnership is happening, but it's more than a partnership. It's not like they just hired the company. The team, the, the team is actually a part of nothing in a way as well. So they've been hired as as part of the... But it's interesting because it, you know, it kind of hypes it up a little more mm-hmm. because this is valid hype. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like teenage engineering is seriously good stuff. So this is hype that you can kind of like follow through with. So yeah. uh, the essential one is really just a marketing exercise. And I'm not even sure you really want the essential brand. It, it wasn't, I mean, it was a great phone for us fans, but it wasn't a very successful product at all, right? No. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, from day one, definitely a lot of challenges with the essential. I'm phone. expecting that next week we'll get another press release from nothing that announces that they acquired the Pebble brand or something like that. You know, it'd be really <laughs> took, hilarious. Took it right, right from under <laughs> Google. Google's oh, were you thinking that too? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, they were like, Google decided to let it go and pe- now Pebble's going in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, no, look, this is very intriguing what Kyle is up to and what his team is doing. I'm hoping to get whatever their product is early on under embargo. And if anybody from nothing is hearing this, you know, please, please count me. And I've already p- pinged your PR folks about it. But look, the reality is, Whatever they're doing, the, the rumors is some sort of headphone or earbud product. I think that's what, that was the first, yeah, the first uh, product. Yeah, that's the first more. product. I mean, yeah. I, I'm on board. I want to see, you know, I, I met Carl many times and talked to him, and he's a smart guy, and he's got a keen eye for a good product. Mm-hmm. Not just design, but like good product. And that's why OnePlus is such a good product in general. And yeah. so, you know, bringing that to a completely different part of consumer tech, I, I'm on board 100%. And I'm, I think the hype is there's always going to be some overhype and the viral marketing that goes with it. But that's kind of also something that Colin and his team have done very well for OnePlus in the past. I was going to say. They've this. stumbled. You know, there's been some yeah, stumbles yeah. in there. But the point is that overall they've learned. And, you know, he's much more mature than he was 10 years ago when he started OnePlus, right? So the reality is that this should be very good and interesting. And I think it will live up to a great extent to the hype i think that there'll always be some overhype but things like this to me are the kind of hype i want to see you know I, I absolutely and i i mean time is it's, we're getting closer to around the middle of the year around may i think was when they originally said so uh and i i saw the same announcement a couple of days ago i got the pr email coming in and it, it's exciting it's exciting to see the progress that they're doing and uh, yeah, let's just hope uh, the, the product meets the expectation and uh, it at least delivers the, the same experience we saw with OnePlus in the past. Uh, it was even though it was slightly over and over hype, it was still a really good experience that built up a massive fan uh, following, and I think a lot of people are watching for that. That's why. Yeah, for sure. So uh, stay tuned. Well, I'm going to continue covering this and keeping a, a close eye on it. I think it's important and interesting. And, you know, it's a nice break from talking about all the usual brands with all their usual phones because, you know, 2021 is looking to be just as busy as 2020 was in terms of phone launches. It's I'm, I'm feeling like we're just at the bottom of the hill looking up right now. We can't see the top because it's foggy because we don't know what's there. Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's going to be a busy, busy spring. Last year was yeah. harsh. <laughs> <laughs> it was- 
Yeah, and I, and I thought last year was was because of the current situation's kind of effect to it, but it seems like it, no, no, it's continuing. Which I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I miss the travel part of it, but I uh, I'm appreciating Man, that a yeah. lot of companies are working with us while we're able to, you know, still you know work from home and, and get things done. For sure. Well, TK, do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet and pimp out your YouTube channel, all that good stuff? <laughs> um, so it's TK Bay, TK Bay. Uh, you can find me, just look it up, TK Bay on YouTube or TK DSL 8655 on Instagram, Twitter, or if you still use Facebook, I'm, I'm there as well. Um, and I, every once in a while, you'll see me do uh, some editorial over on XDA as well. So I'm, I'm around. Yeah, you should definitely subscribe to TK's YouTube channel. It's awesome. I I mean, honestly, your your Android 12 preview did it for me. I was like, I'm done. I don't need to watch another video now. Like, that's <laughs> it. It was very complete. So, yeah, check it out. I'll also link to your Xiaomi Mi 11 first impressions. There was yeah. a video there where you kind of said, is it a better phone than the S21? That's the video. So that's that's, yeah. Check it out, folks. You know where to find me on the internet, everyone. I'm at Tankerl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. Like the comic book character Tankerl, but drop all the vowels. That's my handle on Twitter and on Instagram. Twitter is where you should discuss this podcast with me and TK. You know, just ping us if you have questions, if you want to know, if you disagree, whatever it might be. And then remember that uh, there's also at Tankerl, T-N-K-G-R-L on Instagram. That's where you'll find photos of phones that I'm playing with, photos taken with phones I'm playing with, all that good stuff. There's also a YouTube channel to go along with the podcast. There's actually two YouTube channels. There's youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast, which is the main channel. It's been around for a while. That has all the unboxing videos. So I'll give you some visuals. I've also got some review videos and hands-on sometimes. Although with less travel right now, I don't get nearly as many hands-ons. Generally, I just get the product and review it. And then... We have another new channel. Please subscribe to it. It's youtube.com slash mobile tech more. We're trying to cover more kind of like accessories, smart home stuff, you know, little like products. Like we have a sharp microwave that we're playing with right now. That's uh, Alexa connected we're playing with. So that stuff's all going to come. We're, we're ramping it up. So I just posted a video on there, a bunch, a whole bunch of accessories that I took on a road trip last summer. Things like battery packs and hubs and SSDs and things. So check it out. So subscribe to the two channels if you can and, you know, like, comment, all that good stuff. Of course, there is the podcast that lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. Also subscribe to that. Tell your friends. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. And remember, if you can rate the show or review the show in your podcast app, please consider doing that. It really helps for people who are discovering the podcast. So yeah, try that. Finally, there is a donate link in the show notes. If you can donate, can help me continue doing this on a weekly basis. I'd appreciate it. It redirects to a PayPal. So you check that out. And then I want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible has been with the show forever since the early days, basically. And they're just the best. So uh, there's a deal for you, folks. If you want to listen to the best audiobooks on the planet for 30 days for free and get a free trial and to basically keep a book at the end this is your deal audibletrial.com slash mobile tech is the url that's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech and you can join the audible family if you don't know what audible is it's an audiobook platform and they have an incredible selection of books a lot of books are read by the authors some of the books are really epic in the sense that you know they're like 12 hours long and so it feels a lot like a real book you know you pick up the book you read it for a few hours you put it down same thing you pick up the audible you listen for a few hours you put it down maybe on a road trip whatever it's really great so i want to thank audible for being with us 
for a long time and helping us out. So consider joining Audible, audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. And I want to thank Audible for being with us since the early days. And I want to thank you, TK, for being on the show yet again. Thank you. Thank you. I've always a pleasure to be able to spend some time, catch up with you a little bit. I, I, I miss running into just the, you know, the, the casual passing by. We see each other every time we go to different places. Uh, and th these are, this is the best way for us to hang out. Absolutely. I really appreciate you being on the show and we'll have you on again, of course, at some point in the future. Folks, you know, we'll have a show next week. So please stay tuned for that. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.